2020 is almost over, and I know that's something almost everyone is delighted about. Seems like we have good news now on a vaccine for the COVID-19 coronavirus, but we haven't yet seen the back of 2020. Nonetheless, this is going to be my year-end wrap-up show. I'm going to talk about the songs I listened to the most this year, the artists I've listened to the most, the podcasts I've discovered, the best albums I've heard this year. And yes, it's also the holiday season, which includes Festivus and the airing of the grievances. I have some of those too. I'll jump into all that after the music. I'm John Pritchard, and this is Well Disguised. everyone like i said at the start it's the holiday season lots of different holidays it's christmas it's hanukkah it's kwanzaa it's the new year it's the winter solstice maybe some other holidays that you celebrate and if you celebrate them happy whatever to you it's also festivus season yes festivus now look there's certain cliches that come up every christmas Now, one of those is the old chestnut, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I don't know. I don't care. It's been going on now for like 15 years. It's not cute. It's not clever anymore. I'm just going to move past it. Given all that, though, I recognize there's some irony in me bringing up Festivus. Of course, Festivus is the fake holiday that you saw on Seinfeld. And everybody knows, those of us who are middle-aged white men love to say, This is just like that episode of Seinfeld. Well, I get it. But still, Festivus is one of the best episodes of Seinfeld, in particular because it includes the holiday that features the airing of grievances. Now, I don't have a lot of grievances. My life's pretty good. But, come on. Everyone's got a few. And in the world of rock, there's one in particular that really stands out to me. And maybe stands out is the wrong term to use. But it's people sitting down at concerts. This absolutely drives me crazy. I'm 45 years old, but I still want to stand. I still want to clap my hands. I still want to sing. I still want to shake my booty a little bit. What are you people doing? It's probably been four, maybe five years since I first noticed this phenomenon. My friend Dave, and of course you've heard Dave. He was on the Rob Halford book review podcast that we did. Uh, just a couple episodes ago, also on the Avatar and Deep Purple new album podcast. Dave and I went to go see Alice Cooper in concert at Harris Cherokee Casino Resort uh, here in North Carolina. And we had been before, we had had seats pretty close to the floor. Maybe, I guess we were really on the floor, maybe 10 rows back, had a great time. Then when we went the next time, same place, same venue. We weren't on the floor anymore. We were actually in the permanent seating, the type of seating they can't roll back or push back. I don't know, maybe a third of the way up. Still pretty good seats. 
but we were in seats. Now, Alice came on at 8 p.m., and again, as a guy who's married and has young children, that was fine with me. I'll be okay if we change when the main events start coming out for the concerts that we see. You want to come out at 8, and this was with no opening act? That's good by me. Plenty of time for me to get home, get in bed, get rested, all that sort of stuff. But still, I know Alice's fan base is getting older. But why did everyone sit down for the show? It absolutely ruined it for me. I can't understand why you would pay money to go see a rock show and sit back like you like you had two $100 seats for a night at the Pops. It's crazy. David tried to fight back and stood up for a while, and people behind him kept tapping him on the shoulder, telling him to sit down. He questioned it, and I don't know. One of the people behind him said something like, Alice is as old as we are, now sit down, something like that. And You know, we're not ones to mix it up necessarily. We went along with the flow, but heck, it really helped to ruin the show. It's no fun to just stand up for schools out at the end. It happened again when we went to go see Guns N' Roses on the Not In This Lifetime tour. I don't know, maybe that was two years ago at the Charlotte Coliseum. Guns N' Roses, look, I get Guns N' Roses is a little bit of a marathon. They play almost three hours. It's a lot of music, but come on, people. This is sort of the world's most dangerous band, with all apologies to Paul Schaefer and the former Dave Letterman band. Guns N' Roses, I know they're old at this point. I know it's different. And I know their fan base, like me, is getting a little gray hair. But come on, people. If you're going to go to a rock show, don't sit down. Now, I missed Metallica the last time they were close by, but my, my buddy Dave, he did go with another one of our friends from high school. People were sitting down for Metallica. Dave told me they had to switch seats, give up their slightly better seats so those people could continue to sit down and they could stand up behind them and enjoy Metallica, one of the kings of thrash. What is wrong with you people? What are you going to concerts for where you want to sit down? Look, I like going to clubs. I like seeing smaller bands there. But I didn't really think until fairly recently, maybe in the past couple of years, that one of the reasons I'm going to enjoy continuing to go to clubs is they don't have seats. If you want to watch, you have to stand up. Now look, if you've got some sort of health issue and you need to sit down, whether it's in a wheelchair or just a chair or whatever, that's fine. That's great. But for everyone else, if you're healthy enough to go see a band that plays loud rock and roll or loud heavy metal, if you're healthy enough to go see Metallica, stand up. It's only going to be a couple hours. You might need a little exercise anyway. All right, that felt pretty good. I really only have one other major grievance, and that is for all those people out there that say there's no good music anymore. Well, here's the thing. It's still out there, people. You just have to dig a little. And frankly, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not someone who's related to me or a friend of mine, you probably already know it because you care enough to seek out this obscure little podcast about rock and roll. But if for some reason you're just stumbling across it or you're just looking for that guy who talks about a lot of classic rock and metal bands, let me tell you, there's still good music out there. Now, though, you have to work for it. It's not going to be spoon-fed for you anymore. 
You're not going to get it on classic rock radio because classic rock radio isn't even going to play the new ACDC album in most markets. They're just going to keep playing Back in Black and Hell's Bells and For Those About to Rock and You Shook Me All Night Long, each of them getting played probably four times every 24 hours. You're not going to find it there. You're not going to find it on MTV either. So many people lament, oh, MTV doesn't play music videos anymore. Well, if they played music videos, they wouldn't play stuff probably that you like at this point. We can all hope that rock and roll comes back. Put a gun to my head, I think at some point that it does. But I don't know. Jazz has never really come back. Disco doesn't seem likely to come back. Surf rock doesn't seem likely to come back. You know, Mozart was once pop music. It was the popular music of the day. People are going to listen to Mozart until the world stops spinning, but that doesn't mean it's ever going to be a popular mainstream music form again. But somehow, through all the video games and all the distractions that exist for today's youth, there still are people out there with long hair, or short hair, and guitars and drums who plug in and want to make a big racket and deserve your attention. You're going to have to work a little. You might have to do a search on YouTube. You might have to do a search on Twitter. You might even have to pick up a magazine and actually read something that was printed from a carcass of a tree. Full disclaimer here, I don't know exactly a whole lot about the magazine publishing business. Anyway, they do exist. You might have to dig a little. I'm going to talk about a couple later. I may have even talked about them before. But if you want to get new music... Turn off the radio, turn off Sirius XM, and dig for it just a little bit. The bad thing about our technological advances over the past 20 years or so is there's probably not going to be a rock star, a huge rock star anymore, or at least not a lot of them. Tastes have changed. We're not a monoculture anymore with just a few sources. It's exploded all over. But that's also the good thing, because now... If you want to make a record, you don't need a record deal. You can do pretty good in a closet in your house in terms of studio quality. For so many years, our entertainment tastes were largely programmed by really big, powerful companies. That's not going to be the case now. And that's not necessarily a good thing, but it's not necessarily a bad thing either. You just got to dig a little. One last grievance. I may have said that there was only going to be one more, but... All right, whatever. Just one more. It's kind of quick. I'm over cover artists. I'm over cover songs. I get it. People have been covering music forever. They're going to continue to cover music forever. But if you're established, if you're a major artist, even if you're a minor artist, the world's been shut down for a year. Go write songs. Go give us something new. Go looking for inspiration, whether it's in, even though I don't want political music, but God knows there's politics everywhere there's time to think and reflect and come up with new things and new ideas let's not do mississippi queen again or space trucking again let's move on no more cover artists that's my one biggest gripe about spotify spotify is famous and perhaps rightly celebrated for several things but one of which is the way they generate uh, playlists for you to listen to especially new music playlists And I admit, Spotify does seem to do a pretty good job of that for me. But so many of the things that they recommend are bands that are doing a cover song. And just because you're covering a song that Who did and you sound good on it, 
that really doesn't tell me anything about whether I'm going to want to listen to you. Do new music. Give us something new. Give us something fresh. Sure, Frank Sinatra and lots of other people, Elvis Presley, they made a big career out of playing songs that other people had written and performed. But unless you're Frank, unless you're Elvis, write some music. Speaking of Spotify, and yes, I do subscribe to Spotify. I've bought hundreds of CDs in my life. I have bought dozens of t-shirts in my life. I have bought, this year especially, I've bought hot sauce from Alice Cooper. I have bought dry seasoning rub from Crobot. I have, uh, and it's, it's pretty good, actually. I, I enjoy smoking a Boston butt, and it, it's done a nice job. Uh, I have bought a snow globe from Avatar. I have bought t-shirts from the Quaker City Nighthawks and Dirty Honey. And anyway, I still support the bands. I know how a lot of you probably feel about Spotify and the not even pennies that they pay these artists. I get that. I wish they paid more. I'm going to consider maybe switching to Tidal. They don't pay a whole lot more, but they do pay a little bit more. And Apparently, the quality is supposed to be a little bit better if you have the setup. All right. So I got that off my chest. Anyway, about Spotify. If you saw in the past week or two, a lot of people have been posting their Spotify list in terms of their listenership for albums and artists and songs and that sort of thing of the year. I just want to go over mine real quickly because, you know, it's my show and you're probably here for the cult of personality that is John Pritchard and Well Disguised. Anyway, the number one song that I listened to this past year was Diablo Boulevard off Corrosion of Conformity's album, America's number one volume dealer. I'm not surprised at all. Their song Over Me was actually number three for me. It's off the same album. I'm a North Carolinian. Corrosion of Conformity's kind of our house band. Even that said, I I didn't get into Corrosion of Conformity when they were really bursting on the scene back in the 90s. And actually, that album, um, which, you know, unfortunately I didn't prepare well enough for this. I think it came out in the early 2000s. It's not necessarily the most iconic Corrosion of Conformity album. But it's my favorite. I should maybe even do a podcast about that at some point. But this is an album that really, to me, is outstanding, stands out. I don't know why I've gone back to it so much in 2020, but the numbers don't lie, I suppose. If you've never checked out America's number one volume dealer, to me that is the best Corrosion of Conformity album if it's not the most emblematic Corrosion of Conformity album. Number two for me, <laughs> number two for me was Wheels of Steel. Again, I'm not 100% sure how Saxon's classic song made it onto my list at number two. I did buy a new car in 2020. I think maybe I wanted to listen to Wheels of Steel, even though it's just a car. It's not a motorcycle or anything. It's not a hot rod. I don't know, but uh, Saxon is one of those new wave of British heavy metal bands that a lot of people who don't follow rock and roll probably don't know anything about. Saxon's a great band. I'd love to see them in the United States sometime. I don't think they two were here very much at all, but there's always hope for 2021. Number four for me was Dead Rock Commandos by Night Stalker. Uh, that's the title track to their album. I really, I, I talked about Night Stalker and how I came to them on one of my earlier episodes. I listened to a lot of Night Stalker in 2020. Great band. Really hope that they get to keep making music and I'll get to see them sometime. 
maybe not in 2021, but whenever they're able to get back out on the road. Uh, that album is really outstanding. If you haven't checked it out, I hope you would. Number five for me was Back From Cali. Back From Cali is a song on Slash's uh, one of Slash's solo records before he formally hooked up with Miles Kennedy. But Miles Kennedy is the vocalist on that record. This is from the record where all sorts of different people served as vocalist for Slash songs. Um, I believe Ozzy was on there. Lemmy was on there. Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas was on there. And of course, Miles Kennedy was on there too. And Miles Kennedy ended up obviously hooking up with Slash and is now sort of Slash's permanent lead singer. And his name's even technically in the name of the band. Uh, anyway, I was a little surprised. Some of those popped up in my uh, uh, year-end top songs and that sort of thing, but not hugely so. All right. My top artist of the year. For at least the third year running, maybe the fourth, White Snake came in at number one. I love White Snake. I don't know what else to say. I think one of the reasons that White Snake keeps popping up for me is because I don't have as much of their stuff bought uh, as I do some of my other artists. Like, you know, I've got everything Aerosmith's ever put out. Sometimes I have it five, six times. I don't know how many times I have bought the song Dream On. How many times I bought the song Walk This Way. I got a lot of Aerosmith stuff. I never completely collected everything from Whitesnake, so I think maybe I have to go to the Spotify and that sort of thing more for them. That said, I listen to a lot of Whitesnake. No shock that they're number one. They'd be my leading contender for 2021. Number two, no shock, Corrosion of Conformity. We talked about them. Number three was Night Stalker. Again, like I said, I listened to a ton of Night Stalker. Number four was Van Halen. I was a little surprised to see Van Halen pop up that high. I can account for that for two reasons. One, like so many of you, I kind of went on a a little Van Halen rampage after the untimely death of Eddie Van Halen. I also did on my buddy Stevie Flythe. His podcast is called On the Flythe. We did a um, we did a, an album review, deep dive, whatever you want to call it, on his show for the album 5150, which meant I listened to it probably three or four times in preparation for that. That may be why Van Halen's so high on mine. And number five was Deep Purple. Again, Woosh came out this year, so I listened to a lot of Deep Purple, and I'm going to be listening to a lot of Deep Purple anyway, especially the Mark III era with David Coverdale of Whitesnake fame. Hey, I love Burn. I love Stormbringer. I love a lot of other stuff too. So anyway, those were my top five artists. Can't wait to see what they look like in 2021. Speaking of top five list, in no particular order, these are the top five albums that were released, in my opinion, in 2020. Again, I'm not a journalist. Uh, <laughs> I don't get exposed to everything that comes out, and I'm sure I'm probably missing some. I hear a lot of people online talking about that Armored Saint record. I haven't gotten to it yet. Um, I don't know why. I don't have a good excuse for it. But I've heard the Armored Saint record is really good, and I'm going to check it out. But for me, again, in no particular order, not really deciding. Again, I did an episode on it. ACDC's Power Up. It's phenomenal. It's a return to form. I'm so happy to have heard it and gotten a chance to listen to it. Also in that top five, have You Lost Your Mind Yet by Fantastic Negrito. Uh, I, don't think th- I don't think this record is as good as some of the other ones. I don't think there's a song on it that's as good as Plastic Hamburgers or An Honest Man from some of his earlier stuff. 
But Fantastic Negrito is one of those people that, again, he's got an unusual story. He's got an unusual name. It's the type of person that could certainly cross over and be a bigger star and the type of person that Rolling Stone is going to want to interview and Spin's going to want to interview and that sort of stuff. He's not Prince to me, but he's a little more rock and a little more blues than Prince ever was, and that's what I like. I Maybe it's unfair to even compare him to Prince, but certainly if you listen to him, it, it seems like the obvious place to go. Anyway... His new record this year was really outstanding, one of my favorites. I also talked on the podcast about the Georgia Thunderbolts, their self-titled EP. Man, that's good. Man, I'm really excited to see where they go. It's, you know, last year, 2019, it felt like Dirty Honey was where we wanted to see what what is Dirty Honey going to do. Um, and so far, we haven't got a lot from them. Hopefully... I understand that they say they've got like three albums worth of material now because of the quarantine and the lockdown and all that sort of stuff. I don't know what's going to happen with the Georgia Thunderbolts, but that's a really outstanding Southern rock band. Want to hear more from them. Avatar's Hunter Gatherer would still remain in my top five. I've listened to it quite a bit. In January, they are going to do a series, I believe, of four live streaming concerts, one a week. The first one is going to be Hunter Gatherer in its entirety. I don't know if they're going to play it in track order, but they are going to be play it in its entirety with a few other of their hits. Well, you know, I shouldn't say hits. Most popular songs, but Hunter Gatherer continues to be there for me, and I'm happy to check it out. And finally, I wrote about the Georgia Thunderbolts on the website. I also wrote about these Wicked Rivers. I don't want to call them a clutch clone. They're not a clutch clone. They're different from clutch, but... Clutch is probably my favorite band. Clutch is my favorite band. And these Wicked Rivers remind me as much of Clutch as anybody I've listened to in a long time. Really outstanding record. I've had that on constant replay here over the last couple months. So if you haven't got a chance to check out these Wicked Rivers, they're from Derby in England. I'm sure if you're from England, that means something, but it doesn't really mean anything to me. (laughs) Um, They all got beards. If that matters to you, it seems like a good thing. It works for ZZ Top. Anyway, they really groove. They really swing. It's a uh, swing's not exactly the right word. They they swing in that fuzzed stoner rock kind of way. Check them out again. I don't know how I would rank those five albums, but if you told me pick five right now, those would be the five. And finally, if you're going to start a podcast, you better listen to some podcasts, right? Well, I'd listened to podcasts, I guess, for years now, but when I started a rock podcast and got involved in looking around and seeing what other people were doing, saw so many other great podcasters, and I would encourage you to check any of these guys out. I've talked about it before. My new favorite podcast is Get Your Rocks Off with Mick Wall. Mick Wall's a legendary rock and metal writer, but it's an absolutely hilarious podcast in the way they tell stories and you know, I, I can't recommend it enough. I think I've told this story before. I know I have outside the podcast. I, I hope I didn't on this show. But their second episode was kind of all about David Coverdale. And, you know, I love David Coverdale, obviously. And it's still so funny, though, that Mick and his co-host, John, asked each other, what do you think the song Slide It In is about? And then on the most recent episode, or I think it's the most recent episode, Uh, Mick basically is admitting to taking payola 
to give Ingve Malmsteen's Rising Force record a five star review in Kerrang. Uh, I, I I laugh three or four times every time I listen to that show. It's really great. This past week, I got a really nice message from Rye over at the Sabbath Bloody Podcast. Um, I appreciate it, man. Uh, that that meant a lot, and it helps you keep going, right? But all those guys at the Deep, I think they call it the Deep Dive Podcast Network. Obviously, his show is about Black Sabbath and is kind of transformed now into a year-by-year account of Ozzy Osbourne's solo career. There's also the Deep Purple podcast. I've listened to it quite a bit because not only they talk about Deep Purple, obviously, but everyone who's ever been in Deep Purple and the projects they've been involved with, which I don't know, you could do probably 10 or 12 years worth of podcast on all that. And it goes on from there. They've got podcasts on Uriah Heep. They have a show called In the Lap of the Pods about Queen. There's another one called Skinnered Reconsidered. T-Bone and all those guys have done a really good job creating this network of deep dive podcasts that really get into an artist and all their albums, all their songs, all their tours, all their splinter projects, everything else. Enjoy listening to those. Not affiliated with the Deep Dive Podcast Network, but maybe it could be, is the Def Lep Pod. I don't love Def Leppard. But I do love that podcast. It's really fantastic. If you have any interest in Def Leppard, you need to check out the Def Leppard pod. And finally, just to name one more, Jay Scott over at the Hook Rocks podcast. I mean, I think sometime in my idea, my materials or whatever, maybe even the introduction to this show online, I called it the Thinking Man's Podcast, blah, blah, blah. Jay Scott has a much better voice than I do. And is probably much more qualified to say he hosts a thinking man's podcast. I don't always love his guests, but I always like to hear what he has to say. So check that one out too. All right, that's going to do it for 2020. Uh, I am going to take two weeks off. I told my wife this plan and she said, but you always take two weeks off, which <laughs> I kind of like that. But uh, thank, love you, Cal. That said, I am going to take two weeks off. This is going to be my last show of 2020. I've been coming out with an episode every two weeks since the show started, but I'm going to take an additional two weeks off, I suppose. So there's not going to be a show on December 29th. That's when I guess the next one would have been due out. So enjoy your family, enjoy your holiday, whatever you celebrate. Enjoy rock and roll. I will come back hopefully on January 12th, I think, would be uh, another two-week break for me, and I look forward to seeing you then. Take care of each other.